Welcome to Money Your Way. My name is Jess and I'll be your host. This podcast is all about empowering women just like you to feel confident when making choices in the world of personal finance. It can feel super confusing and overwhelming when there's unfamiliar lingo and tons of options. So I'll do my best to keep this fun and simple as we learn together. What do you say? Let's jump right in. Welcome to today's episode of Money Your Way. I am so excited to have kind of a casual chat with Beata here today and talk about her journey from going in debt through divorce and then selling a multi-million dollar business to Bill Gates. I mean, that is a cliffhanger if I ever heard one. So Beata, welcome to the show. I'm so excited for our conversation today. I'm excited myself. Thank you, Jessica, for having me. Let's talk some money. Yeah, absolutely. So I typically do a brief, a really brief introduction like that because I want each of my guests to really share who they are and what they want my audience to know about them. So if you could just use a couple minutes and take our audience into a little bit of knowledge about you and that space and topic that we're going to talk about today. Sure. So I'm originally from Germany and I am middle child of three. I am the one that couldn't play by the rules and always felt that something else was better than what I had. And I immigrated to the United States. I was not the smart one. I was the one that everybody kind of was like, well, let's hope something becomes out of you. And I was in the creative arts. I have a degree in photography and then was an editor at Elle magazine in Germany, came to the United States, was a photographer representative, uh, Los Angeles producer. Yes, that was me. And I fought my way through a decade of adversity that includes fires, floods, riots, earthquake, a lawsuit, September 11th, and a tsunami. And now I've also added a pandemic to my ever-growing repertoire of disasters. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about you. We talked briefly before we hit record and you mentioned you were in debt. Where did some of that debt come from? So the debt came from um, that I was running about a million dollar business and I had a employee, a key employee who was getting a little too close to my key vendor. And then they came up with an idea on how to run their business, which was my business without me. So I sued them both. And as I was fighting this lawsuit, I got uh, very deep in debt because they had, you know, taken a big chunk of my business. And I had to figure out how I was going to fight them because, you know, and I know you said you're half German, so you'll, you'll understand this Germans have to be right. And so I was, (laughs) (laughs) so we just have to be right. That's just the way it is. And um, so I thought, well, they've wronged me. I better be, you know, I better be doing what's right. Not really understanding on how lawsuits really work. It's not about being right. It's about who can fight the better fight. And So I get deeper and deeper into debt. And as I think that there is another, um, that there's an end inside, September 11th comes. And with that, the remainder of my business, the entire production business went down in flames, just like the towers did. And after that, I had to just figure out how in the heck am I going to get myself out of this uh, disaster? And I, the lawsuit settled and it settled for enough money to pay the debt but that's it. So literally I had, I think it was like 14 or $15 in my bank account after it was all said and done, but I had my paid my debt off. So I went back into debt. And so I built up this stock photography syndication business and on on no money. And I financed it through credit cards and uh, overdrafts and whatever there was available to me. 
And that was until I had no more money to borrow. And that was when I was $135,000 in debt and had nowhere to go. Wow. That's not what I was expecting you to say it came from. (laughs) And I wanted to ask, you said the business was stock photography syndication. Can you simplify that in other words? Yeah. So, so, um, at the time, what we had found is that there was a, you know, I come from the creative arts, so I'm a trained photographer, as I said, and I knew that there was a, um, a lot of it was going away from assignment photography because it was just simply too expensive and people were producing a lot of stock photography, meaning that that's existing photography that's already set. I had, and this was sort of the interesting, interesting irony of this, the photographer who did betray me was an interior and an architectural photographer. And literally he gave me this idea because we were selling a lot of his existing images as a side business. And it was it was a good chunk of money. So I thought, well, what if I built that up as a full full business? And so I had learned to go after the A-listers because, you know, if you build a business, you may as well go after the top guys, it's the same amount of work. So why would you go after after the practice people when you can get the top people? So I went straight after the top. And from there on, I built this out. And so basically what it means is that people all over the world go into your archive and they take a look at your existing photos and then they choose images for their websites and for their brochures. And we provided images literally for every single interior magazine and book in the world. We had celebrity at home stories, which was what attracted the Bill Gates company and where I actually then sold my company uh, to is because I had figured out how to do something nobody else did, which is to get in the homes of celebrities, have their homes photographed, and then resell that for uh, a lot of money. I love that. I would have never thought about it, but you're so right. There's this niche that you found and it really created a business behind it. Um, another thing I want to kind of ask, so if if this ends up being too far of a side, actually, let's get through the business part first. So. I kind of wanted to ask as well, what was the timeline from when you started the business to the whole lawsuit to then finally actually choosing to sell it? Because definitely sounds like there was a decent amount of time that went into this whole process. Yes, there, there certainly was. So you have to imagine that, you know, the the fires, floods, rides and earthquakes, um, I was laid off and I had to figure out how to run a business. And that was after you know, in the middle of a massive recession where everybody laid off everybody and people were just freaking out, not unlike what we are experiencing right now, because there's a lot of fear around that. And so I couldn't find a job. So I had to find a job. So it it was it was 10 years of going up and down from the moment of this lawsuit until I sold my business. That time period was was only three years. So um from when I found out that this was happening until I built my business and then sold it was a relatively short amount of time. Because what happens often is that when you are at uh, about to do a quantum leap, that's when stuff happens pretty quickly and in a really big way. So, you know, and as we're talking about money, you know, that would be like one of the things I really encourage your audience to look at is why, why are you trying to uh, do 10% or 15% or 20% if you can do a quantum leap. So what are these conditions to set a quantum leap in, in you know, to make that kind of thing happen? Is there is there, is there a method to that? 
And, you know, a lot of times it's the bigger, the, the bigger reward, the more daunting and daring you have to be and the more fearless have to show up. Absolutely. And was the decision to sell it something that weighed on you hard and that you had to make a tough decision around or after that whole experience were you kind of in a place that you were mentally and emotionally ready to let it go? I actually went in this with the purpose to sell it because what the experience had taught me previously is that if I'm in the business and without me, the business doesn't run, then um, that's really not much of a business. I mean, it's, it's a lifestyle business. But what's happening, uh, what was happening is that I went in and I said, what if I build up an equity type of business that makes money while I am not there? And that was a much better business. I built that business with the intention of selling it. That was the whole point. Oh, okay. That's super cool. So you, you know, had kind of that entrepreneurial spirit going into it. Have you gone into any other entrepreneurial businesses since then? Yes. So what happens sometimes is that when you think that you have achieved your goal, and it's interesting because I had this conversation just earlier today. And so the question is, what is the ultimate goal? And so the ultimate goal, of course, first was to take the pressure of money off my table. And this pressure was that I, you know, I was in debt and I had a daughter, I need to pay for college, I, you know, been thrown out of my house. So how do I how do I feed her, put a roof over our head that nobody can throw us out? How can I, you know, get her in a good college? How can I, how can I do these things that I wanted to do as a, as a mother and as a, as a parent? And then the money comes and you look at the moment where these, you know, huge amounts come into your bank account and you go, holy smoking mackerel. Um, uh, this is crazy. And then, and then another question comes up you haven't even thought about. And that is, well, what do I do now? What, 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 what now? What do I do? And so you first say, well, fine, I'm going to retire. I'm going to you know, travel. I'm going to focus on being a mom. And it just, it just wasn't something that worked for me. And from there on, you know, I'm, I'm I run a business. I'm now uh, a strategist. I work with a lot of visionaries and uh, leaders who want to scale their impact and grow their authority. And I love strategies, workflows, and systems. And that's what I do. I build, I help people that really want to get to that next level, whatever that next level is, to develop that strategy to get there. That's amazing. It sounds so fulfilling too. But that brings you back to a different area now that business needs you. So you're not looking to sell this one off, I imagine. Actually, I do. So oh, really? So, <laughs> yes. So, how did you know? So um, the idea is that you first have to figure out what it even is that you do. And then you start narrowing it down for, further and further and further and further. And now that I'm very clear about the business strategy now I recognize that what people really need a lot is not just the strategy, but then also the method, the workflow. So we've now invested in a, a CRM where we are now actually building the workflows so that once we we talked about how we can help you scale your business. So let's say you take your business as a whatever a coach consultant helping women overcoming their money issues, then uh, what would that look like? And then how can we scale that business? And then I, you know, we now are building these workflows so that we can put you on the CRM and the workflows are already built out inside the CRM because I've done so many of these, you know, I can 
in business models is my jam. And so now I can then give that to you and you can either have us train your VA or we give you a VA that then just sits there after we've designed the model and just, just fulfills these, um, these workflows within that CRM and you're good to go. You don't even have to think about it anymore. So yes, so I'm building this up because that entire objective always is, how can I make this work without me being there? And what does CRM stand for? That's a new term for me. It's a customer relationship management. Okay. Um, so basically what it does, it automates, it automates everything that you do. When we go in and, you know, we, we design these workflows, then we say, well, what is this? You know, is this a, if this is going to be a full-time business, then who are we, who are we needing to attract and what are the services that we are going to be offering and what's the strategy to get these people in our funnel? So for me, podcast guesting, what we're doing right now is part of my strategy to get myself in front of other people and to attract clients that then hear me and say, well, you know, I, I need to check her out. So it's, it's, it's part of my authority platform building. And from there on, you have very specific strategies. So, you know, we could go down the road of an executive roundtable strategy via LinkedIn. We could do a social media strategy authority building on Instagram. We could be doing a podcast hosting, podcast guesting strategy, and then we'll, we'll adjust it and fine tune it in such a way that it actually brings you in the leads of the people that you want to sell your services to. And then that starts to put in this client attraction system that then brings you the revenue as you go out and you close. And so when we talk about money, the idea is that you cannot be afraid of big things because if you think in these smaller increments of 5%, 10%, or just having fun, I've been in this for so long, you know, I have, my daughter is married now, that I, I think that if you want to have fun, have fun with your family, have fun with your partner, have fun with people that you really deeply care about. And then when it comes to business, do something that you're passionate about, but be diligent about where you put your time, be strategic so that you can generate the income help the people you want to help and then go home and have some fun. Mm -hmm. Balance is definitely something or finding some sort of space for fun and being present in the like family and home environment is something that I feel like has been talked about a lot more now than before. And that might also be a combination of me just getting of age now to a place where friends of mine are starting to have kids and that's, a change in their priorities. And so I'm seeing these conversations and this desire for that. Um, so that's definitely speaking to people that I, you know, I know and relate to. I had a quick question for you since you brought up your daughter a couple of times, has she gone into anything in this area as well? Or like entrepreneurial, I feel like your energy rubs off. Like, I don't know if she's kind of become your mini me or mini something me. like that. Yeah. <laughs> I wished, I wished, I wished. Um, my daughter is uh, went into the creative arts and she has been in the acting and performing. She is uh, facing, unfortunately, as a side effect of the vaccine, a uh, 
uh, autoimmune issue. And so that is really threatening her entire career. So she is now thinking as she wants to set up her own family, she just got married, she wants to have a baby, that um, she may not be able to follow that career. And so she's in this in this piece. And now suddenly we're having conversations about entrepreneurship, which, you know, of course, in my in my world, it's like, oh, my God, are the angels singing now? <laughs> really sorry to hear about the challenges she's faced, but I do see that you bring up the silver lining and and how you're looking at it from a positive angle going forward now. And I wish you the best of luck with that for sure. Thank you. I mean, you always have to, you know, I said to her, it's not the story you wanted to tell. I know you don't. And uh, the vaccine caused vitiligo uh, uh, very, uh, very severely. And she says, how can I even go out looking like this now. But what I have said to her is that you've always wanted a story that you wanted to share. I said, now you have a story. It's not the story you wanted to tell, but (laughs) I got news for you. It's never the story you want to tell. Mm -hmm. It's always a different story. I said, so what you make out of this now, you can either look at this as a detriment or as an opportunity to step into something that people just don't talk about or that people don't deal with it or that they you know, have empathy until it hits them and uh, and turn this into something that might be a message for millions or for other people that are going through the same thing as you're going through. And so we're talking about, but it's brutal. I mean, there's no question in my mind um, that when we as people experience this adversity and you're young and you, you're hopeful and then something just comes and, and, and just knocks you out, it's tough to get back up. It really is. Yeah, but I can tell she's lucky to have you in her corner and to share words like that because no one wants to go through anything, you know, tough on their own. 100%, yes. So I wanted to wrap up with my final question and then at the end I'll give you an opportunity to share ways that people can get in touch with you and stay connected. But my final question is what is one permission slip that you would want to give the listeners? And it doesn't need to be related to anything we've covered today, just something to do or not to do that maybe they need to hear someone share with them. Fail faster and make failing part of your strategy. I think that the assumption that we have to be perfect and that if we're not perfect, we somehow failed is a notion that is really not helpful. If somebody would have told me early and said, you have my permission to fail, so I'm going to give you, your audience, and everybody who is exposed to your wonderful podcast permission to fail. And I want you to think about failure like if you were in your car and you had forgotten to update your GPS and it's kind of coming up with the warnings, but you've ignored them, you ignored them. And suddenly, you know, there's big construction and now it's a cul-de-sac, they're building a freeway, you can't get through. You would never get out of your car, throw yourself on the asphalt and throw a temper tantrum. You're like, I don't know, nobody loves me and I can't believe they're doing this to me. You would just go, man. I knew it. I should have updated the GPS. You just get in your car, you turn around and you go and you find your destination because you know it is still there. The building you meant to go to hasn't disappeared because this one path has been blocked. And so that's how you need to look at failure as somebody polite enough to stand there with a big fat stop sign saying, not here, wrong way. And then you just go, ah, thank you. Turn around find another way. I've heard that message a lot, but never that way. And it 
definitely hits home being someone that drives a lot. And I depend on my GPS <laughs> for sure with all the different accidents and traffic. I really loved that visual. So thank you. So just to wrap up, and I know you've got a tight timeline. What are some ways that our listeners can stay in touch with you? Yeah. So number one, um, before I, I, I say that, I want everybody to just listen up and make sure you head over to Jessica's podcast and you give her a five-star review and leave an actual comment on it on what you've taken away. Be specific because it helps to share this episode or another episode with at least one other person because this is a labor of love. So now that I've done your plug, I'm going to do my plug. And so you can find me at beatechalette.com. I have quite a number of, uh, of free stuff available. So just poke around, hit me up on social media. I'm, I'm on, on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. And I love it when I hear something that you've taken away where you just share, hey, you know, I heard this that really, really resonated with me. I love to be in contact with the audience and um, if you are a business owner and you want to figure out what your number one business growth blocker is, you can take my free quiz at growthblockerquiz.com. And that's it. Well, that was an unexpected plug. Thank you for that. And it has been a joy talking to you. I hope my listeners follow your advice there, share what they learned, because I definitely took away some amazing nuggets today and enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Money Your Way. If you loved this episode or you learned something new, it would mean the world to me if you just took a few seconds and shared it with a friend. I cannot wait to keep learning and growing in this journey together.